Welcome, you're listening to Break the Cycles. My name is Yun. And it's your boy Sal. We're motorcycle enthusiasts, sharing with you our experiences on the road, stories of our motorcycle travels, and the lessons we've learned along the way. Welcome to Break the Cycles. I am Jan. I'm joined here by my co-host Sal and our good friend Farida. And today we are going to talk about our crashes on our motorcycle. We thought it would be a really good, good podcast to follow up on why you should ride a motorcycle with <laughs> all the crashes that we have ever had. I mean, I have I've the been, most appropriate, right? Yes. The most appropriate, absolutely. And I have been riding. Uh, I will say this is the 11th year now. And I think I have more crashes than the amount of years that I've been riding. And and I remember doing this with Salman um, earlier today, trying to make a list. So we all made our list of like the crashes that we had. I remember <laughs> making this list this morning and I was like, oh, I only got like five. And then I kept thinking, thinking. I was like, oh, shoot, there's one more. Oh, shoot, there's one more. Oh, there's one more. I think I'm up to like 12 now. <laughs> <laughs> no, Wait, are you, you gotta... counting dropping the bike? No, no, no. We so we're not. We're not no. So yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Thank you. Uh, we are not counting parking lot drops. We're not counting no speed drops. We're not counting uh, off roading where you're just you know kind of inching along and then dumping the bike because it's of a pitch angle or you lose footing. We're not counting any of those. We're counting like losing control of the bike and mm-hmm. then either hitting something or sliding out um and you're at speed that's perfect that puts me right on track i've been riding for two years and i have two beautiful crashes then <laughs> i'm right where i should be i think we're all about even i've been riding for i think five or six and i've crashed every year as well so we Look all got a, an equal pedigree it's, it's like what they say it's you know if you ride you will drop your bike and the question is not you know, if you're going to crash, but when you will crash. Yeah. Yeah. That is 100% true. But this is... Of course, I say that because I suck at riding, so... (laughs) But this is not to deter you from riding your motorcycle. This is a a lighthearted... Yes, it comes with the territory and a lighthearted look at the crashes that we had. Um, And if you're fully geared and you're prepared, you will be okay. (laughs) mostly (laughs) hopefully 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 hopefully. um we're not promising the quality of life (laughs) (laughs) so um why don't we start with sal sal tell 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 us your first crash first crash first crash oh man where to start where to start so 2015 i had bought my first motorcycle so the gs 500 Uh, i was so broke at the time that i had to buy it it was twelve hundred dollars i had to make that payment in two installments i was that broke so i was very gung-ho about riding it i was warming up after i was comfortable getting out of a parking lot i slowly worked up to riding on the street and i started thinking like a hooligan all of a sudden i'm like okay you know what it's time to do some dumb stuff on this bike so there was an rc track in the park in front of my house it's like a small oval with banks on what, the turns. What, what's an RC track? Like a little, you know those RC cars? Oh, uh, okay, okay. Yeah, so it's a small track with huge banks on the end of the turns. And I looked at this track and I'm thinking, 
That's a I'm gonna go airborne off this thing. <laughs> Such a bad so, idea. <laughs> so I start doing a few laps, getting warmed up, and then I decide like, okay, this lap I'm gonna pin it. So I pin it, and I the adrenaline is just pumping because I'm like, I know I'm gonna crash, but I'm still gonna do this. And uh, the bike and I we go up the bank, and it felt like I was doing like five feet in the air. I felt like Evil Knievel, but in reality it was probably like two inches. <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> Landed in the grass and I realized, oh shit, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't plan for this part. So I panicked, I hit the front brake and I, I went down, but I was good. Bike was good. I started giggling the moment I got up and I realized injured. there was, no, I was good. And and the funny thing is there was a mom probably 200 meters from where I was and she was walking her kid looking at me like I was crazy and I was like, <laughs> oh shit, I hope she didn't get my license plate. So I just jumped on and dipped out of there. How old were you then at that time? 20, 2015, that was six years ago. So 22, 21, 22. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Wow. I, I thought based on this story that you would be like 16. No. <laughs> Sell me. <laughs> I might as well have been though. So okay. graduating from, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, but like what would, did you, did you, so no injury. What which you have any other uh, crashes where like like that's much more serious? A little injured probably later on, but I think a bit more serious of a crash was on the speed triple I got in twenty sixteen. It was probably three months after I started riding and I bought my bike and I decided you know what, it's time to get a leader bike. Let's do it. So I I bought the triple and it was a fantastic bike. But the reality was soon becoming I was riding with a big ego. Like a couple pulls and a couple turns. I'm like, oh, I can handle this bike. You know, I know what I'm doing. So I was coming up over a hill one day doing well above the speed limit. I want to say I was doing 50 or 60. And, you know, going over a blind hill is not the greatest choice. Um, It's not very safe, especially if you're doing it at speed. So go over the hill and it's a very sharp right hand turn, which I clearly was not going to make. And nothing in front of me was a grass field with a stone wall. So I, I target fixate on the wall. Uh, I'm like, oh, man, I'm not going to make it. When in reality, I probably could have if I didn't panic. But I went off into the field doing probably like 30 miles per hour, hit the front brake, and I was just tossed from my bike. And, you know, on gr- grass is very slippy, right? So I slid what felt like 100 yards, but it was probably like 30 you, or 40. You high-sided? No, I, I tucked the front again. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I I ended up with a a bruised shoulder. I I fell down pretty hard. Fully geared. Fully geared, yes. Even but pants, because I know you like to ride without. No, I was wearing uh, Levi's finest denim jeans. So <laughs> I knew it. That's not fully geared. I know so. it's like that's why. I, fully that's why. geared. Fully geared from the jacket and the boots. And that's why I minus said minus the pants. Yeah, it's not fully geared. I do have a question no. for you about that one how did it like how long did it take you afterwards to get back on a bike did it affect your confidence did it affect your self-esteem it took me about one minute to get back on the bike because i realized i Mm. needed to get home and fix the bike before my parents saw it (laughs) (laughs) that's motivation yeah i like that (laughs) but it was a very i'd like to say a gentle slap on the wrist on what could have gone wrong had I continued to ride with an ego, you know? 
I got away, luckily. Good for you. So bike was good. I was fine, and kind of life moved on after that. Hmm. Did you have any uh, any uh, crashes that uh, shook you or took you longer to? I guess did you get injured more seriously, or was it harder to get on the bike after a certain crash? Um, not until I think. Two years afterwards, I had a small one with the Daytona.、Uh, I just got cut in some gravel at a stop sign, dumped the bike. It wasn't too bad, even though I got kind of thrown off a little high side. But I had two big ones on the Ducati. So in twenty, was it twenty twenty eighteen?、Uh, my friend Max and I, we decided to go on a two day trip to West Virginia. The weekend that my parents are out of town, and I've just gotten my bike. So I'm like, all right, great. So、uh, we're going to West Virginia on my new Ducati, and I noticed the brakes are abnormally strong, and this is because only one caliper was working. So it, it, all that pressure was going onto one brake rotor. So what happened was we're riding along, and I look somewhere else for a second, just kind of lost in train of thought, and I concentrate back on the road, and I realize that a car is is has is braking, and it's coming up very quickly on me. So I just slam on those brakes, and again the front tucks. And this time I was doing like sixty miles per hour. Wow! And yeah, and the front tucks and the bike goes flying, bro. Like it, it skids for like fifty or sixty yards, and I'm I'm sliding for a good like thirty or forty, I want to say, at speed. It just happens so instantaneously. I dump the bike, and I'm I'm sliding on my chest, right, with the palms out, and I'm looking up, and I see my bike. Like sliding on the pavement, sparks coming out, and it's just like the、oh, most、no. depressing sight. I'm like, no, not my new bike. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only thing. That, that's the only thing that matters. <laughs> you can no, my bike. I was like,、that's、yo, a- screw my body, not the Ducati. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like my gear. Whenever anything happens to my gear after I crash, no, not this jacket. Not yeah, the not、bike. the jacket. Like, I'll be、the、okay, bike, but not not my stuff. Yeah. Yeah. What about what 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 about the gear? You were you were、uh, Levi special again. This time, dude. Yeah. Fully geared. Oh, nice. Leather pants and the jacket, and dude, it did its job. Nothing happened. Those, dude, nothing happened. Extremely lucky. Maybe it was just、uh, fate, but it was also just good decision making at that point as well. You know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because you gotta have some dude, serious road rash if that wasn't the case. Dude, knock on wood. I literally just got back up and. You know, I was a little bit bruised, but it wasn't even a second thought as to if I had road rash or if I was hurt at all. Like、mm. you know, seriously hurt or not? Yeah, 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 for sure. But you know, the bike was banged up, and we fixed it up. Turns out it was leaking coolant through the whole trip, and by the time I got home, I had almost little to no coolant, which was kind of concerning. Oh my goodness! But it reinstilled confidence that the Ducati was like a somewhat durable bike, you know, for a twenty-year-old Italian superbike. Uh, my serious, <laughs> hey, hey, hey! I rode that bike across the country right afterwards, so yeah, it was good <laughs> until forty thousand miles, and I blew the engine. But but my serious one was in twenty twenty nineteen. I was doing a track day at Summit Point, and it was raining, and it's been a while since I had rode my bike, so I got on full leathers, you know. It's pouring. It's super wet. I had new tires. I'm like, oh, you know what? Those guys in MotoGP go pretty fast in the rain. 
I can do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Flawless logic. So my second lap of the track day, very first session, right? Dude, I'm going up turn three. Uh, it's an uphill left-hander at Summit, and I'm probably doing, I want to say, 80 miles per hour. I, I'm about 60 to 80 between that two. Make it halfway through the turn, and I decide to get on the throttle real gently. So either I didn't made a mistake by getting on too aggressively, or the rear just, you know, ran out of grip. And the rear jerked out. Instinctual reaction was to cut off the throttle, mm-hmm. and I went high siding. Just Ooh. flew into oblivion. Bike, uh, how fast was slam that? Pretty, I think, yeah, between 60 and 80. Okay, and uh, this time, dude, my leather is actually tore, so I got road rash on my right elbow, and both my hip was banged up, and I couldn't move my elbow past like 90 degrees for at least three months. It was, it was, I was really hurt, and uh, that definitely made me feel mortal. and like you said, Frida, that that's the crash that actually shook my confidence. Like I was very reluctant to get back on the bike afterwards. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, but <laughs> those are been the major crashes, and you know, 2021, I'm still on my feet. I've had a lot of crashes off road, but since we kind of had a criteria on this <laughs> podcast, dude, if we if we I start count, <laughs> if we start counting the, the the times we dumped the bike off roading, this will, this list will be like. It's going to be very long. A couple thousand pages. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, when I was going into the sport, I thought I would be, uh, this would never happen because I consider myself fairly athletic and I have good physical um, reaction, like reactions. I'm physically capable, I'll say. And mentally, I think I have the capability to ride at a high pace as well. But, you know, each and every crash, it, it reinforces your mortality and reinforces the respect you need to have for the bike uh, and the sport and keeping your ego in check, you know? And sometimes things are out of your hand, you know? So it's there's kind of respecting that element of uncertainty as well. And taking all those into considerations, you ride, you ride, a, what's it called? You ride in a different demeanor on the street. Yeah, you're right. Like, when you what, initially start out, sixty-five, seventy percent of your skill level. If yeah. you're going to be riding around like in like a crowded area, or yeah, right. So you got to be very cautious. Yeah. And the sure. thing is, Yan, Yan and I, we, we have both of us have a lot of uh, miles on the road. You know, I used to do twenty a year at least. So you know, twenty a year over the span of what five, six years. You know, that's a lot of time yeah. in the saddle. Yeah. I think I, I average uh, about 15 a year. I think only one year I did like 20-something. And, of course, my round-the-world trip, that, that was that was a whole lot more than a whole lot more than 30-some thousand miles a year. But still, generally, I'm roughly around like 15,000 between all my bikes. Um, so all those miles and all those years of riding, you have, what, 11 crashes, you said? Oh, I don't know. There's so many. I, I'm sure I'm forgetting something here. Um, but... Uh, why, why don't you tell us about your... First crash. Uh, the first crash is actually really boring. Um, I'll tell you the first crash, but it, it's kind of boring. Uh, I, <laughs> I was on, I, I was, I was on uh, my uh, BMW R1100s, and uh, I've been riding maybe like it's been a couple months. And I came back. It was the fall, and there was a pile of leaves in front of the uh, driveway in front of my mentor's house. I parked my bike there. Uh, when I first started riding, because I always go out with him, but then I started going out by myself. 
And I came back by myself and there was like a huge pile of leaf. And this was just inexperience. I just rode up to it, made the turn. And then because I'm already going up the driveway, I'm already going like snail pace. But then the bike slid out, like just flew out under me. And then I fell on the ground. And then everybody came out of the house. My mentor came out. His friend was there and <laughs> just stared at me. And I was so embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, here's my grand entrance going out by myself. <laughs> this is like, this is what I get. <laughs> Solid impression. Yeah. But uh, the, the I guess the, the similarly... Um, with uh, going out by myself for the first time. So after, after I did a few uh, longer trips, I did a uh, I did a trip by myself out to uh, back of the dragon. This is not this is not Deal's Gap. This is the this is the back of the dragon in Virginia, and I was with yeah. my car. I was with my car friends, and I was just you know I was riding with my ego. I was like, yo, I'm on a bike. I can beat you guys in the car. So I'm like blasting through these hills like super fast. And I came around this corner, and there was gravel on the ground. The gravel didn't cause me to slid mm. out. It just it shocked me. Like I, I I freaked out because I was going too hot coming into a left downward turn, and I hit the gravel. I could have saved it because it hit the gravel. I could have stood it up. I could have slowed mm-hmm. down, but I panicked. I completely froze. My my hands were so rigid on the handlebar i was like yo i was like screaming to myself let go let go let go and i couldn't let go like i was like completely glued onto the handlebar i'm like freaking i'm gonna crash like let go let go and i couldn't let go and that was like the first time i've experienced at least on the bike like just Mm -hmm. complete panic like i had like i felt it i know that was gonna crash and i knew what i was supposed to do and my body did not respond. My mind was telling me to let go, but my fear took over and I just couldn't even move. And I just watched myself like I was going a good like 60 miles an hour. I just watched myself like slowly the bike just like like I, I locked up. So I'm like holding on to the handlebar, not letting the bike like making the turn. And then I just like mm-hmm. inching closer and closer to the edge. And then I was just like, yo, it's, I'm going to crash. So I just let go and I, and I, and I did a tumble. And uh, I saw the bike like flew like over my head because <laughs> it was coming down the left hand oh. turn. So the bike like spun out, hit the ground because it's uh, it's got the um, the jugs hanging out on the side because it's the opposable twins. So it hit the ground and the bike like kind of swerved up and like s- like swung over my head. I was like, oh my god! I mean, and then I, and then and then the bike ended up in the other direction in a ditch facing the other way. And I got up and I was like, oh wow, that that, that sucks. Um, fully geared, no injury whatsoever. Say, yeah, no injury. Okay, no injury whatsoever. Uh, I had to uh, ratcheting strap the. So my friends showed up like right after, and again, this is another absolutely embarrassing, humiliating, because they're like, oh. <laughs> I, was, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm amazing on the bike, and then like, I freaking <laughs> dumped it in the corner, and then they drove up in their car, and they're just like, oh my god, where did he go? Oh my god, look, it's in a ditch. You know, he's in a ditch. <laughs> <laughs> So it's one of those things where you're like, oh man, he he disappeared, man. Watch, we're gonna find him in a ditch, and they did find me in a ditch. Um, <laughs> and I Damn. needed I needed their help to like get the um, get the bike out of the uh, out of the ditch, and I was like, oh my god. 
this is so embarrassing. And then they gave me a ratcheting strap. I ratcheted the, the uh, so the panniers, the pannier mount broke and one of the panniers cracked and I broke the windshield and there's a bunch of other miscellaneous minor damage, but surprisingly the fairing was fine. Um, mm-hmm. The R1100 is a full fair bike. So, I mean, surprisingly the fairing was fine and none of the, none of the other parts of the bike was damaged. Just the windshield and the uh, the panniers, and I got it all packed together, and then I rode six hundred miles back home while they continued no on. Way. Yeah, I was like, "Yo, uh, good for you!" Because they wanted to, they wanted to go get another car at the time because we were going down south, and they were going to pick up another car. So there was two of them in the car going down, and they were going to buy another car and then come back. And um, yeah, so I was like, "Yo." You guys go ahead. Bike runs fine. I'm just going to ride the highway home. So mm-hmm. that was really nerve wracking. But I think that may have saved me from because I was able to get on the bike and regain some of the confidence after the crash immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I rode, I literally rode like, you know, 600 miles back home and I felt and then and then, and then I getting back onto the bike again wasn't. There, there was no hump of fear because I was like, oh, I already ridden so many miles already. Yeah. Like, it wasn't, it, it sucked, but it wasn't that big of a deal. Um, That's probably the best way to decompress from the crash. Instead yeah. of like going home and not riding the bike again, you're back on the bike and you're riding home that large distance. And the fact that the bike was able to make it back, again, kind of reinstills confidence in both the bike and mm-hmm. in yourself as well. Like, okay, you know, I crashed, but I can collect myself from this. And at least I bought a bike that can handle this as well, you know? Right, I think right. if your bike was broken and you you weren't able to get back, it would be even more of a traumatic event, if you could call it. It is. It's a lot harder to get back on. Just like horseback riding, they always say if someone falls, get them back on the horse, even if right. it's just for a lap or two, right? Right. And that's yep. the problem with riding. Uh, if you crash and you, your motorcycle breaks or you get severely injured, and you can't ride for some time, it kind of takes that mental toll on you to be able to get back on the bike sometimes. Right, and I think if you... Yeah, and the thing is, if your bike is running, right, I think it helps you get back on the bike as well. It's like you've crashed, and mentally you may be like, oh, I really don't want to do this, right? But if the bike runs, it starts and it runs fine, you're like, okay, I may not want to do this, but the bike is ready to do this, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like either you tap out or the bike taps out. If the bike isn't tapping mm-hmm. out, then it's just you. Yep. Yep. After my first crash, um, my bike was out. I was out. It, I had a. It was my shoulder. Once yep. my shoulder healed, I uh, rode a friend's bike in the parking lot. I just wanted to get myself the minute I could on a bike. It was lighter than mine, um, and shorter, so I felt more confident on it also. But. Uh, it's almost like you want to test yourself. Hey, can I still do it? Is it mental? Mm-hmm. Is it not? You know? Oh, it's absolutely mental so, yeah. because physically, like, you know, operation is, you know, it's it's doable, but it's totally it's totally a mental thing and and I think injury is the, the, the toughest because you're you're forced to be out for an extended period of time and then when you get back on, there's there's gonna be some kind of foreignness to it, regardless mm-hmm. how long you've been riding. So yeah, did you have any crashes where you were a little beat up? Me? Yeah. Um, yeah. There's, I think, the only time that I, 
I really got injured was when I went to Moab and we was riding on Hell's Revenge and I I I there was there's this ascent that you you like kind of have to go up on a rock and for some reason like I was on I was on this on, on my DR650 I was on the dual for mm-hmm. some reason I was just you know completely like I saw that there was a hump but then I was just like man I'm just going to gun it like just going to give it as much gas as I can I like cares and then I mm-hmm. hit it and obviously my front wheel bounced off of it and then my rear wheel was still tracking the the uh, the ground so mm-hmm. I basically wheelied up this rock nice and then I completely panicked I tossed the bike and put my hand out to catch myself because I was airborne oh. And I was like, no, oh, my goodness. And I wasn't even airborne a lot. I was maybe like an inch off the ground. But the thing is, the front completely came up because I bounced off of it. And then, like, the, the rear just pulled me up. And I just panicked. And I just tossed the bike. And I reached my hand out. But both reactions were terribly stupid. And uh, I reached mm-hmm. my hand out. And then I dislocated my wrist. But I didn't mm. even know I dislocated my wrist. I injured my wrist and I felt the swelling come up. I was like, okay, whatever, it'll go away. Like I didn't break mm-hmm. anything. I was moving around. I was like, ah, it's kind of weird, but it's it's okay. And then I rode back to it was like uh it was like two hundred miles back to uh where where the car is in Colorado because we trucked it out there. And then and then I rode and then it was a another week later than I that I got back home with the bike. And then two mm-hmm. weeks later after that, I was like, my wrist is still swollen. What the heck? So then I went to see my doctor, and they're like, "Oh, you're dislocated. Let me pop it back in for you." And then, wow, it was like 30 minutes after you popped it back in, all the swelling went down, and maybe another two weeks when I don't really feel any pain anymore. But like, it wasn't it wasn't a very severe injury, um, but that would probably be the most severe injury I have. Um, but probably not the not the worst crash, but probably the worst. Worst injuries on the crashes that I had. Tell us about your Alaska crash. And that will probably be... The Alaska crash, I think, would be my worst crash. So that was on my, mm-hmm. you know, around-the-world trip from Alaska to Argentina from D.C. Um, yeah, I haven't heard this one. So I I went to uh, Prudhoe Bay, and we, we were on the um, uh, Dalton Highway. It's very famous road going up to Brutal Bay. It's just they keep throwing down gravel and then they throw down this. I, I don't. I don't even. I, I don't even know what the stuff is, but they they throw down this wet stuff. I guess to prevent it from freezing. Uh, so they keep. So you have trucks there that constantly putting down gravel, new gravel because it erodes away because because the road kind of like erodes away uh, from the under underground water, I suppose, and like they keep putting on gravel and then they keep putting off uh this they spray it wet with this uh substance on there so like every once in a while like you come around the corner the gravel will be fresh completely loose and then it'll be also wet at the same time but Mm -hmm. you do about 400 miles up to the top you kind of get used to it i was blasting through it i was doing like 50 60 miles an hour like like gunning it in the gravel because i just got used to it and i got i got too cocky and then um, I was coming back, and I have already ridden. I've already ridden the whole entire day, and this was during the summer, so the sun never sets. So 
I, I rode all day, came to a campsite, and camped, couldn't sleep. I think I slept maybe two hours. I got up, and then I kept riding. And this has already been like 24 hours. So I like basically rode 24 straight hours and only had an hour or two of sleep. But I couldn't sleep because of the, the, the sun was like right in my eye. And, and even in the tent, like it was so bright. So I got up and I wrote and I was coming around this corner. And I, was th- I, was, I said to myself, I really need to slow down. This, I feel like I'm, I'm like, I'm not like really paying attention. I, I need to slow down. The second I said that, the next corner, fresh gravel and I started skidding. And uh, I was I was still oh, going. Man. I didn't slow down because I was still going fifty or sixty miles an hour. And then I started slamming on the brakes, Jeez. front and rear, and like I my bike was sideways. And then I let go of the brakes, and it's still sliding. And I was just like, oh my god! Like I've gone sideways before on the DR. Like you you hit the brakes, and then you lock the rear up, and then the rear just starts to sl- slide out. But then when you let go of the brakes. The, tr- the momentum will straighten you out again right mm-hmm. so like but i was still sliding so i like i locked the rear up and i let go i locked the rear up i let go i was just trying to slow down but i was still skidding and, and i feel like i was going to go over the edge mm-hmm. um and i cartwheeled the bike like oh jeez, ragdoll the bike just like front end over front end and i i actually went nose first like face first into the gravel oh um, wow it it busted up my uh camera gopro camera that was mounted on my uh helmet front and like i had sh- i had a really nice uh headlight guard but there was so much gravel everywhere in the headlight guard <sighs> and the headlight didn't crack and it ripped my pannier open and all my stuff was yard sale across the entire Dunn highway like all my tents everything was like yard sale like it completely ripped the aluminum pannier open and it was yard sale for everybody uh and i had to pick everything up uh, and then um tie it with whatever strap i had and rode into town and had somebody weld it and then i found out immediately after i got on the bike that the uh the whole entire rear subframe have twisted over and that the exhaust was hitting the hitting the tire so then i have to Jeez, dude. right so then i had to ride back into town uh completely crooked but then eventually finding a um finding finding one of the couch surfer guys who helped me out he was he had he, he runs like a scrap yard and he mm-hmm. had this like old old like international dump truck with like super 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 heavy steel frame he had it sitting mm-hmm. in the back and um he had a bunch of ratcheting straps so i just hook half the fr- one of the frame frame area onto <laughs> one of the just ratcheting onto the frame and then i and then i ratchet the uh the rear that was twisted uh yeah. against the whole entire rail of the frame of the of this international truck and just cranking it away and get and it straightened enough out i mean it was still twisted but it straightened yeah. enough out that everything cleared, and I, wow. I rode. I rode the remainder of the trip with the whole thing twisted, and it was it was fine. That is such a grassroots dude. <laughs> what are the chances, though? What are the chances? You know, right? You I mean, find that, that guy. He's there, and uh, that's a grassroots fix, but it worked. Saw, 
So, uh, yeah, that's why when I saw this on the notes, I was like, I'm asking about this one because I read about it also on his blog. So if you go uh, to his okay. blog, you get to see the pictures of the guy welding it and right, oh, yard sale. Okay. <laughs> so there, there's there's only one guy that, that that's a machinist or a welder in basically the whole entire town because Fairbanks is uh, super small. I mean, you, you right. hear about Fairbanks and you're like, oh, okay. But then it's a really small town. It's got the college in the middle that has city water. And everything else is like dry, uh, dry cabin all around you, and um, it's a really small town. But there's only there's one guy, and he was super cool. So uh, and he was really good at what he does too. So he was able to straighten out my panniers like super quickly, and then and then was able to weld it weld it back up for me um, for me to finish my entire trip. And this was like the very beginning of my trip too. I mean, not too beginning, but like I think like maybe like fifteen percent. It was July. Yeah, it was like fifteen percent through my trip, or ten percent through my trip. Yeah. And so you left like in June, right? End of June, right? This right. is in July. Right. He rides with this bike and comes back what in March, April? Yeah, the next year. Right. <laughs> he was like, okay, I'll go around the world <laughs> with that bent frame. It's you know gives him more stuff to write on his blog, I guess. Well, the, it <laughs> was it was back. definitely one of those moments of like, I, I don't know when I when I hit Alaska, it was one of those moments where like it, it, it crashed, and it was really bad crash, and all my gears are are jacked up, and it was just the beginning of my trip. The question is, do I keep going? I don't know why, but it never occurred to me that I can go home. I just like, oh no, I got to get this fixed and keep going. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I just kept going, and then apparently the bike made it back and still have it. But you know, that 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 was probably the worst crash because it was all gravel, all loose gravel. So when you hit all these loose gravel, like they get into everywhere, and then the bike cartwheeled, and everything was bent, frame was bent, um, and yeah, I mean, that 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 was probably the worst. And surprisingly, I didn't get injured at all. Like no no rashes, nothing. Not not one I mean, thing. You were fully geared. I was so fully no geared, rashes, right? but no bones broken and stuff. No, no bruises. There's not even any bruises. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I know we asked you a lot about the Alaska one, but it's a fun one. I gotta admit. But I do want to hear about your other crashes. There's no way you stopped. That was your last one. That oh, was I, like, cr- what, I crashed 20? so many times. I crashed so many times on my trip. Um, I think uh, so. I actually got injured. I'm not, I'm not riding with you, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so I actually got injured in in this one. Um, this is actually the one that I got slightly injured um, on my trip. This is like the only crash I got slightly injured. And this one was in San Diego in Ote Mountain. Is right on the border. You can see Mexico when you go up the mountain. Um, so. I was going up the mountain. It was pretty steep. I went up there just to look around. It was pretty cool. And I was coming back, and the uh, this there was a lot of gravel and steep roads uh, coming down. So I was kind of riding the brakes. Uh, it wasn't really that bad, but I think I used like really cheap brake fluid when I changed it. I used I used like the valvoline stuff um, <laughs> from like uh, from uh, from Advance Auto. Uh, so. Halfway down the mountain, the uh, I boiled the brake fluid because I, I was I was like using the rear brakes too much, and I boiled the brake fluid. And then in this downwards section, I was like, I need to slow down. So then I hit the rear brake, and there was absolutely nothing. So obviously I didn't grab the front brakes because 
if you try to grab the front brakes, oh, you're going to immediately wipe out. Um, but I, I, I hit the rear brakes. There was literally nothing going on. And uh, I tried to slow down with the front just a little bit, just give it a little bit of a slowdown. And it wasn't slowing down. And then I was, and then, and then I was like, you know, sliding. And then, and then there was a turn coming. And I was like, ah, great. And then I dropped the bike. And the bike ended up landing on top of me. Uh, and uh, the pannier actually was digging into my calf muscle and like pinning me under my bike and I couldn't get out. And, oh, wow. And I was like, I don't know. And then, and, then, and then I eventually crawled out under my bike. But I think I must have like, it, it wasn't really painful, but I definitely felt like something like digging into my calf. And it, I had a huge bruise in, in, in the back of my calf later on. Um, but like it, it took me like a good like, three minutes just to like yank myself out from under my bike and and then i finally got out of it and then i had to roll the bike down the hill because it's such a steep pitch angle i couldn't lift it up so i was kind of like rolling it forward while trying to get that momentum and then trying to use the rotation of the wheel to like kind of give it momentum to straighten it and i waited under a tree for half an hour and then the brakes came back the brake fluids were okay again and i rode back into town and then i had to change the brake fluid obviously uh and then i bought some really expensive like pentelson like high performance high boiling point brake fluid i never had a problem since but um (laughs) that's bizarre man yeah that's that's very inconvenient for the brake fluid overheat right then i know and and i i really i think i really think like because i i read i I'll end up riding on the brakes quite a bit um, in different places, and then never overheated after I change the brake fluid to uh, a higher higher grade brake fluid. I I think I think it really was just the brake fluid itself. I, I don't think I was like you know overheating the brakes to the point where it wouldn't. I think the brake fluid just cooked itself just because it wasn't very good. Yeah, so might have been. I I know when I'm off roading, I usually just put it, especially in downhill. Yeah. I'll just put it in a very low gear. Yes. And just use the use the rear if anything. I barely touch the front. Right. But usually with those single cylinders, there's so much engine braking that there's almost no need to even touch the brakes. But I guess that was my experience. Yeah, but the uh, this um, summer. I think the I think the main difference for me was that all my gears was on me. So like yeah, that's, that adds that's like, quite a bit of weight. Yeah, it's like a hundred pounds of weight sitting behind me like pushing mm-hmm. against me if I'm going downhill. So like the engine braking wasn't really slowing me down enough and I was kind of trying to use the brakes to compensate. And I think right. I rode it for too long and then eventually like it overheated and then and I ended up underneath the bike. Well, you're but, here, right? To tell the story? Exactly. I didn't, That's all that matters? Yeah, I didn't die, exactly. Um, I got a few other crashes. Um, I don't, I don't. I don't think it's... And they're 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 pretty simple stuff. Um, nothing too exciting. Let's turn this over to uh, Farida. 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 <laughs> Her story is gonna blow ours out of the water. You got two crashes. Tell us no. about the first. <laughs> she could uh, write a book. You know, I was traveling around the world. No, I'm <laughs> just kidding. Oh, this is news to me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you guys make it seem so boring when I say mine. I feel like I have to, you know. No, Frida's story is my story. spectacular. No, your story has enough spice by itself. Right, well, we, we, we'll go with the you were traveling around the world. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Whatever makes you happy, Frida. Well, 
I was not around the world. <laughs> I was here in Maryland, <laughs> 20 miles from home. <laughs> um, so my first one, uh, it was my second time on the road. As you've heard me mention before, I love, love my SV, but it was a challenge to ride the bike that was big for me. It was, you know, I'm short. It was big on me. So I thought that was the problem. But I'll tell you the crash, and then I'll tell you how it was in the bike at the end. So we were going towards Point of Rocks here, close by. And on our way back, um, you know, it's only my second time on the road, and I started to feel so confident. And, uh, you know, instead of, like, focusing my eye on the back of uh, the bike in front of me, I start to look around and, you know, enjoy the scenery and the greenery. And... Um, I target fixated on the open green field and I ended up in the open green field. Uh, <laughs> my eye went, where, the bike went where my eye went. Um, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't like stop when you, when, when you, when you start riding off the road or you just thought that maybe it's a good time to, you know, do some off-roading. <laughs> I like, this seems like an interesting nothing. area to explore. Yeah, seriously, I just kept going. Um, and again, I thought I went deep into the green open field, but when I saw the pictures after the crash, I was like, I wasn't that deep. But I did. I went on the grass and I didn't hit the brakes. I did absolutely nothing. I froze and the bike stopped at its, on its own when it was sick of going on the, <laughs> you know, <laughs> grass. <laughs> she was like, let me let me make the decision for you, lady. And it stopped. Um, I rolled off the bike uh, quite a bit. I landed on my back. I was fine after rolling. I was like, when am I going to stop rolling? I stopped rolling. Um, and naively, I was I thought I was ready to get up and continue. Because I think we were... 14 miles away from home and I was like ready to document my second ride it was like you know oh sadly I couldn't get up it turns out I dislocated my left shoulder oh wow and I uh yeah and I yeah the bike was pretty damaged too (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh, yeah that sounds (laughs) unpleasant that's the end of that story (laughs) (laughs) How how, how long was it? Yeah, how long was that uh, recovery time for that shoulder? Three months. That's not terrible. Yeah, the interesting thing, as a new rider, at the time this was my second ride, I ended up dislocating my shoulder. I can't ride the bike, but I ended up. I I, did, I had one friend that was riding, and Salman. That's how I met you. So I did not know Salman, but. Mm-hmm. He was one of the many people I met um, online or through the different writing groups. And he dropped off his toolbox in front of my garage when I was at work. Oh, and that's right. Yeah. I ended up meeting him months later. I met amazing <laughs> yeah. people. He, he, just, he just dropped all his tools off in front of your <laughs> I house. I didn't even then... know who she was. I was like, oh, she needs tools, whatever. I'll just drop it off. <laughs> what if they disappear, she can, buy, she can buy me new tools. <laughs> what a weird... you, you got to the house. You're like, oh, she definitely can buy me new tools. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I did clean your tools, Salman, right? Like every single I think one you of, did, yes. I wiped them. Yep. 
But um, yeah, so that was the thing I didn't realize. And that's why I was telling you guys last episode. I didn't, I got into writing to explore something new. I ended up loving it, crashing. But then I didn't realize that I love working on the bike. That's how I started working on my bike. I took the radiator off. I, you know, so this is for another episode. But when my shoulder was uh, injured, I naively thought I could work on the bike. But that's another story. But, um, my second crash was after I thought I was a more experienced rider. I had finally gained confidence on the road. I uh, was riding alone. I was riding with friends. And uh, I was a, riding within. You did a couple writing. hundred miles by then, right? Almost three hundred. Yeah. Um, yeah, you got some miles. Yeah. I did, uh, and I was riding with a new mentor. So, I think I'm happy, even if that's where it stopped. That before my second crash, he took my riding to another level. That I was just so happy of how I can do things I didn't think I could do on the bike that I thought was too big or too heavy for me. So it was really, uh, you, you guys know how it is when there's something you want to overcome, something you really want to mm-hmm. do. So mm-hmm. getting there and doing that was like something for me like that I really wanted to achieve. Uh, second Funny enough, my second crash was almost in the same location as my first one, but in the opposite direction. Mm. It was going towards. So you, sh- you, should, you just shouldn't ride around there, then. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> um, just avoid that area. You should be good to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mental note: no punk frogs. <laughs> so we we're going towards there. I was really enjoying my ride and. Um, I kept looking in my rear mirror uh, when one of our friends joined later. And again, one of these things never do. Do not worry about anyone else on the road. When you're riding, you have to focus. I was not focused. I kept looking in my rear mirror thinking, why is he so far away? And Mm -hmm. look at me acting so confident that I'm going to worry about everyone else. And then, because you know how it is there, it's it's all, uh, you know, it's all these turns and twists, but then there was this nice long stretch. That's why I was looking, because it was a nice long stretch. But then I look in front of me, and there was a turn that I didn't calculate for. There was a turn that just came out of nowhere, or that's Mm -hmm. how it felt. And the ground felt a little uneven, and the side, there was this guardrail. And apparently I looked two times, you know, on the ground, on the guardrail, and again, completely froze, target fixated on the guardrail. I end up flipping over uh, the guardrail. Uh What am I saying at that point? Not again. (laughs) (laughs) Midway through the air. My... (laughs) My Senna in my helmet is connected with my friend in front of me. And I'm saying, not again. And he's like, what's wrong? And then I'm like, no, no. And then the first thing I asked about if the bike was okay. Because I was like, I'm not going to wait for it to get fixed again. Oh, my True goodness. motorcyclist right there. That's right. Is so I did. Okay. I'm, 
Seriously. Don't forget about forget about me. The helicopter is coming, but is my bike okay? <laughs> well, I didn't know it was that serious. <laughs> I flip over the guardrail. I land on my right side. So I had this severe pain in my uh, hip. I knew something. I either broke my hip or there's like a, you know, a tree bark or something that poked me. It felt like I was poked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I knew right away that that shoulder was dislocated again. Ooh. So... Oh. Uh, you know, I'm communicating. Huh? Yeah, I'm communicating with my friend in my hel- through our helmets. He's looking for me. Our other friend behind found me, and you know, I hear them as if they're looking for me. I don't know why. I'm like, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> but I did ask my friend to support my shoulder because um, I was on my right side, and that shoulder just felt so heavy. I knew mm-hmm. it was dislocated. Um, you know, so I thought they'd take me to the hospital, fix me up, and I'll go home. Um, tell me when you get bored, guys, because the parent, no, the guy that I'm, I'm remembering <laughs> how all this played out right now as you narrated. It was a pretty serious crash. Yeah, uh, two, three minutes later, this guy going, uh, a retired police officer that's a paramedic, uh, stop he was like on his way to lunch with his wife so he stops he doesn't Mm -hmm. have his uh you know his uh, medical supplies but he calls the right help for us and he um he takes care of me initially he did Mm -hmm. like he did everything Mm -hmm. so he wants to cut my pants and i was like no 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 last crash i told them not to cut my gear and they listened to me so we're not cutting anything this is these are new riding pants. I'm not <laughs> like, Do you know how expensive no. these are, officer? <laughs> Seriously. We've talked I got about... these on sale. <laughs> no, full price. Short girl. More know, like how finally... right. Finally found the pair of pants that fit you more. Seriously. I'm like, you are not cutting anything. Last crash, I was shoulder was dislocated. I cooperated. We did not cut cut any gear. And he goes, uh, no, they're ruined and you have bigger problems to deal with. And I'm like, yeah. you know, in my mind is like drama. Fine. That's going to cost me my pants. Let's hope the bike is fine. <laughs> he cuts the pants. <laughs> and I, seriously, he just keeps cutting everything. And I was so mad at him. <laughs> um, yeah. Poor Yermo, you know, supporting my shoulder. And then, uh, so yeah, I hear the ambulance sirens one of the guys is calling Tarek my husband and then they talk about transporting me in a helicopter like Mm -hmm. in my mind I was like this is too much let's just hope this ends by the end of the day so we can start a new day tomorrow I knew like something's wrong with the hip I just didn't realize that it ended up long story short I was uh, taken by a helicopter to Baltimore Trauma Center it was a 15 minute ride um, wow that's fast from there they operated on me because my stomach hit the guardrail apparently and i had what took i think 23 staples to to close my wow. stomach wow i didn't know that my, yeah so they cleaned up my stomach they wanted to sh- make sure there was no internal bleeding and no mm-hmm. organ damage uh my knee my right knee was dislocated I tore three out of my four ligaments and I uh, broke my iliac link of my pelvis. So uh, next day they operated on me and put three metal pins in my pelvis Mm, and 
Jeez. They fixed that knee, like, you know, temporarily. Uh, shoulder, they put in place in the ambulance before even the helicopter. I was like, yep, put that back. <laughs> I know the drill. <laughs> Fix it now. <laughs> you have my consent. <laughs> um, my left hand uh, also had a nerve problem. So it was, uh, uh, you know, non-medical terms, it was paralyzed also. But that was only for two months. And what else? See, you guys had no fun what else? Injuries. What else? <laughs> but you, but you're walking. Well, I had my good. You're yeah, walking. You're walking now. I, I am. I'm limping. Uh, you know, it's been a year. So, uh, the one thing that was unnoticed and kind of took a little time was I also ended up with a nerve damage in my thigh. Uh, so my thigh muscles are paralyzed. Uh, the human body is amazing because I have learned to walk without thigh muscles and mm -hmm. I am limping. I'm off the wheelchair. I'm out of the hospital, out of rehab. I am almost back to normal. Yeah, and that's a real crash right there. Yeah, that's right. That's a proper crash. Yeah, I mean, when you hit, I mean, guardrails are super dangerous. And when you hit a solid object, and especially the top of guardrails, um, they're super sharp. I mean, they're just basically un unfinished metal on the top. So, mm -hmm. like, when you go over and you get cut by the guardrails, whether it's on the side or the top, I mean, like, it's you're going to get sliced. And it it's just, it, it's not pretty. And if you hit it head on, I mean, you're going to, the thing that the guardrail is not going anywhere either. So, you're going to get some serious injuries from hitting hitting stuff. And yeah. yeah, so like even if you're not hitting anything like solid objects, like, yeah, as long as you're fully geared, like the chances of you having really significant injury, if you're not going like 200 miles an hour, it's going to be not terrible. Uh, you slide out, maybe you'll get your shoulder dislocated. But I mean, in general, it's not as bad. But when you hit a solid objects, it, that's sure. Yeah, that's, and that was the difference between my first crash and my second yeah. crash. My first crash, uh, I was almost 60 miles an hour, but my injuries were nothing Minor. compared to yeah. the second one because of, at the end of the day, you hit, uh, you know, soft ground, it's grass, it's mud. Mm -hmm. My second one, I think I was barely on 30 miles an yeah, hour. Yeah, very... It was a corner mm -hmm. and it was a guardrail. So it kind of, it changes dramatically the outcome. Right, the speed itself yeah. is not not an indicator of the severity of the injury. It, the speed itself, I mean, there is some play in that, but it's definitely, you know. That's it's what it. you hit. Yeah, it's the situation. Because yeah. if you're just flying sure. out to the field, I mean, like, I have so many of my crashes where I slid out. I mean, I know one time I was on my DR, then I slid out, and, you know, and I wasn't even, I didn't even have my jacket and pants zipped together. And I had a bit of road rash uh, in, in upper back as the jacket kind of hiked up. But that was that was it. There was there was nothing else to it. Like um, because I didn't hit anything. I just kind of slid out and it was it was on it was on pavement, but it, it wasn't it wasn't very it wasn't very dramatic. I mean, like I have some rashes that went went away after a week. So it wasn't it wasn't that bad, but the biggest the biggest problem is is uh it's definitely when you hit something like solid. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to yeah, ask the sure. two of you a question, actually. So since you both have been riding a lot longer 
than I have, even though I won the crash competition. Um, hands, down. hands down. Hands down. Hands down. <laughs> <laughs> um, did any of you ever, because this happened to me both crashes. After the crash, there was a lot of, especially my second one, for almost a month, I would replay the crash and I would be so mad at myself. I was so mad at myself for... It, I, I, till today, now I forgave myself and I know it was meant to be, but I, it was so preventable that I was initially so upset that I, uh, like, I didn't do what I was supposed to do. And I froze. I completely froze. Um, I don't know that this ever happened to you where you would like replay the scenario and be so, like, you knew this is something you could prevent and you're mad at yourself for not preventing? I would say maybe the first five crashes, I did something similar. And then after you hit a certain number of crashes, you just say, well, it's just going to happen. Who cares? <laughs> just whatever. Yeah. It is what it is. It's like you can replay it 1,500 times, but like you can learn from your mistake. But you're going to be honest with yourself of like, the the situation every situation is going to be different and every time is going to be different you you definitely want to learn and then hone your skills but there will always be a situation where you may not know what to do Um, but as long as you take the necessary precaution you're not going to um repeat i would say repeat exactly the same error per se because uh Case in point, when I was in, I rode through a puddle really fast um, off-roading in Pines Barren, and I completely wiped out my bike at like full speed. Uh, I didn't get injured at all, but the bike pannier got bent. Um, but I slid out on because on, it got real muddy and I slid out. So I learned not to be a hero and not to play around with stuff like that. And... Uh, so so when I was in when I was in uh, Ecuador when I when I when I dumped the bike in in the water I wasn't going very fast so like I, I learned my lesson to you know identify locations that may be potentially drop the bike so I still dropped it but I never even think about it like I, I wasn't thinking oh I could have totally avoided it I was like yeah I could have but I mean I didn't so whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> so what about you Solomon yeah I think. Certainly, it's easy to be a couch critic after the crash and go back home and review the footage and say, oh, I should have done X, Y, and Z. I think you're kind of beating yourself up over it if you tend to do that a lot because in real time, it's it's obviously very difficult to make that sort of judgment and analysis in the moment. You're doing 30 miles per hour towards the guardrail. Are you going to have the time that you would by sitting on your couch and looking at the footage again? No, you know? Mm-hmm. But, you know... After your crash, and you know, fortunately, uh, if you're lucky enough to recover, you do kind of think about what you could have done different, and you do implement that every single time you ride afterwards. Either you know, uh, going a bit slower on the street, or I think again, your physical reactions, uh, and and putting yourself in that situation again are are different at that point. So yeah, guys, I don't think anyone's gonna be riding after my crash stories. So. There goes the podcast and the motorcycle riding in general. <laughs> yeah, I think if I heard that story from you, I probably wouldn't ride it as well. Yeah, yeah kids, 
Don't ride. It's scary. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible advice. Thank you for tuning in to our Sunday special. If you like what you're hearing, please hit that subscribe button and join us next time on Break the Cycles.